When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Indie Indie Table for Two. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Russell, and with me today is fun person Beth Radloff. Hi, Beth. Hi, that's me. That's you. Uh, and we're going to talk all about margarine sticks today. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this one. Um, I'm nervous. Gosh, I'm so proud of all of the work that we put into uh, the first season, and I don't want to drop the ball. <laughs> and I gotta just like let that go. You can't. You can't let past successes hold you back from future successes, right? No. So right now, I'm like hands free. No, no, no. Hold on the ball. I have the ball. <laughs> My hands are not free. You know what I mean. There is no ball right There's now. There's no ball. There's no ball. <laughs> this is a totally different sport, these episodes. Mm, good. Yeah, no, there. it's no rules just right here. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That's Outback Steakhouse. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Off to a great, great start. Outback uh, Steakhouse fun with a vegetarian. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk all about margarine. I'm excited for this mm-hmm. one. Uh, we're going to talk about all things season one with margarine and then going forward into season two. And then we're going to do some character maintenance toward the end. Mm, uh, she needs a lot of maintenance. Man. <laughs> uh, so I guess just to start, um, you know, we've talked in the Q&A, the first Q&A episode. And the uh, disastrous Q and A episode that no longer oh, exists. Boy. How much have you talked about that one? In, in all of them, in all, okay. it's it's come up in in each one so far. And so. I'm sorry for anybody who saw my Instagram <laughs> stories where I I brought you along with the drama, and then I told you that everything was fine, and it wasn't. What I, I lied. What I'm so upset about too is that you guys did. You guys got me like a present. Yeah, and that doesn't exist now. <laughs> It exists in our memories. It does. It exists with us, which I guess is technically more That's important. That's what presents are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to record every gift given. No, but uh, I do. I want everyone. I want the listeners to know how great of a te- of a of a player group you you guys oh, are, wow. and, and how much I appreciated that. And I'm actually drinking some of the scotch that you guys did get me now. Oh. So, uh, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, uh, we we did talk in that episode, in the first Q and A episode, in the second episode, uh, a little bit about why everyone chose their characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but more in depth, uh, I want to kind of dive into because this was your first big D and D game. Yeah, you'd played before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this I was... had played like two sessions. Okay, yeah. So this was like your first like campaign. Yeah, and you knew going in that this was gonna, you were like committing to something bigger. Mm -hmm. um so with that in mind uh why did you end up with margarine and 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 uh, like the the old lady stuff i think we've talked about a little Mm -hmm. bit but like from like a nuts and bolts D &D choice why rogue halfling 
because that's a very classic. Yeah, it is fantasy. I think there's a reason why it's classic too, because it works really well. It works really well. It's super fun to play. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that's very uh, alt, where if everybody Mm -hmm. if everybody turns left, I want to turn right. I've got like that blood in me. Yeah. Um, and that's why I fought against the first character I ever put together was a halfling druid, because I think. I wanted to play the fantasy of somebody who was able to like turn into an eagle. That was yeah. very exciting to yeah, me. Yeah, druids are super fun. Yeah, yeah, but they can't turn into eagles until like level yeah, seven. Yeah, you have to get you have to get <laughs> down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's like not a lot of fun to do in the beginning of that, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize when I first sat down to play yeah, D&D. Yeah, I think that's a common um, thing that people don't realize when they first start playing. Yeah, you that, look like, at end game before yeah, you look at before the beginning. Yeah, before you look at the beginning, and mm-hmm. that can bite you sometimes. Uh, but like a rogue is really fun to play right off right the away, bat yeah. because they've got the thieves tools. Mm-hmm. They can sneak very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine happens to be a, a, a flip lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Highly acrobatic. Yeah. So there was a lot of play right in the beginning of like a rogue build. Mm-hmm. So while I was adverse to going with something so traditional as a halfling rogue, part of me said, you know what? If it works so well... I won't have to fight my own character to do fun things. Yeah, that's a really great way of putting that. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I'm adjusting the voice a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's a really great way of putting that, mm. is is leaning into what you're capable of. Yeah, like what do I want out of a D&D game? Yeah. I want to have fun. How do I have fun? Yeah. Is it battling? Is it transforming into birds? <laughs> Maybe, but... The we've talked about how all of us have some form of improv history, yeah. Um, and I know that I love the improv part of it, and so mm-hmm. how can how can I build a character who's just like fun to to be with other people and interact with other people, which is a huge part of how Marjorie develops over time. Yeah, because who she was in the first episode to who she is at the end of the first season, like every character, yeah, mm-hmm. is very different. Yeah, um, finding those motivations is like the most important thing for me as a D&D player, which I didn't know when I, I, it was before I took improv that I played D&D for the first time. And it was before I listened to other D&D podcasts mm-hmm. and kind of understood what was possible. Um, so now I have like a better understanding of myself as a playful person. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not about the build. It's about the personality. So let's make the build simple and have more fun with the personality. I think that's a really great uh, approach, especially for, for for uniquely this type of game where we, we're putting this out as, as a story for mm-hmm. people to listen to and consume. Um, and I think it's something really important for any new uh, or inexperienced D&D players uh, listening to to hear as well, because if you look, you know, if you go to forums and stuff online or if you if you Google, you know, like how to make a rogue or whatever, all of it's going to be like optimized. It's going to mm-hmm. be how to make it so that you are the most successful in combat. That's like the standard, um, like if you look up character builds, that's how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is another way. And that other way is what you just said. It's, it's you know, playing to tell a story and have fun at the table not trying to win D and D. Yeah, I think Chelsea has a similar point of view as well. She was like, "I wanted to be an elf because I've always played elves, right. and that's what's fun for me." Yeah, in in her episode, she said something that was really interesting uh, to me. We had never really articulated how she likes to play the game in that way before. She said uh, that she wants to use the tools that the game gives her in order to have fun. 
Mm. Um, which really helps me uh, to think about how to write the story and everything going forward, how to how to make it fun for everybody at the table. Because previously we had always kind of just labeled her and James specifically as more sandboxy players. And that's just like, oh, we'll just give them a lot of options and they'll go and fuck it up and it'll be fine. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a totally different way of thinking about creating scenarios to put you guys in to say, you, to to use the tools the game gives you in fun and interesting ways mm-hmm. like the yanathan th- fight maybe yeah um yeah like you know for for her it's it's stuff like um you know i think using like uh the thing that jumps out to me is is uh creating the pamphlets you know yeah. that's like a magic thing that has nothing to do with combat has barely anything to do with the story but it's using her abilities to do something fun you know and i i think that um you know, Marjorie has definitely found creative ways to use her abilities uh, all in all <laughs> aspects of the game, mm. you know, in, in outside of combat, in combat and role playing scenarios and, and just to goof around. I, I think that, you know, that's one of the great things about a rogue is it's so versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, you can touch every part of the game. Yeah. In, in, except for magic. Except for magic. Sure. You can be, what, what is it, arcane? Arcane rogue? trickster. Arcane trickster. Yeah. But uh, fun thing about me, Beth, I am not interested in magic when it comes to like any. Uh, really? Yeah, D&D type game like Skyrim. Zelda's not really, doesn't really count. But like. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah. like Din's fire and yeah. Furry's wind and yeah. whatever in the first. I never, I don't mess with that. Like when I play Skyrim, I just do a two-handed heavy weapon and archery and that's it. I I don't mess with any of the mm-hmm. uh, wizard school stuff. And I think that carries over into D&D in the same way that being a rogue makes it easy for me to play. Sure. Not messing with spell slots and having all these cards and yeah. descriptions and memorizing. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a chore to me. So... Um, at first, I don't know if I talked about this in the first D&D and D&D discussion episode, because I have a goldfish memory, <laughs> <laughs> but I first wanted to be a fighter, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about, about um, the benefits or lack thereof of being a fighter. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember why we decided on Rogue, maybe because it is such a playful class. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Uh, but the- yeah, I, I don't want anything to stand in my way. I don't want this to be work. Sure. And and I think that uh, I think that rogue was definitely the right choice. Um, the thing with fighters, especially because you were a more inexperienced player, mm-hmm. I didn't want I didn't I was worried about you getting frustrated by limitations. Yeah, especially at early levels, um, because there's not fighters at early levels can do one thing: hit hit with hit, the sword. Hit, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and you know, Which it turns it, out our team needed. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, but but yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a pretty. It boxes you in. It boxes you in, and and you know you're you're pretty much stuck in that groove. Um, and rogue, you can still, as we know from Mardrin, do a lot of damage in mm-hmm. combat, but you have all these other abilities as well. Uh, and I don't think we've really, you know, Mardrin hasn't really been in a position where you've come near death or anything really either so no. so the 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 benefits of being a fighter where you would get a little bit more uh health you would be able to wear heavier armor and stuff it hasn't really come into play so i think that it's worked out for sure to be to be a rogue and then the swashbuckler thing has been a, oh, a totally so fun yeah added, so fun. added benefits 
it's op like it's not fair that i can just like sneak attack two times and then hide no one can see me sneak attack once attack twice sneak attack, attack twice. once yeah i'm thinking like you roll um like multiple, multiple dice. dice yeah 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 i think i'm up to like three, three D6 at this yeah, point yeah, yeah. holy moly yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> i just feel yes i recommend to anyone who's interested in maybe looking up these uh more obscure subclasses. That's what it is. A yeah. Subclass. Since uh, since we started playing, when we first started playing uh, Swashbuckler and Glamour Bard, which James is, mm-hmm. um, those were like just like playtest kind of releases, and they've since been released officially in supplementary books. Um, so they're they're in like the real books now, mm-hmm. not not the core books, but but other ones. So they're. Yeah, they're they're out there if you if you want to find them. Yeah, and they're very interesting. There's some really fun ones. It's, so yeah, it's so fun because when I found Swashbuckler, it opened up this whole history. Because Marjorie, remember, she's two hundred years old, right? And a two hundred like if you've ever sat down and talked to your mima, she's <laughs> got stories, man. Think of that times four because Marjorie's mm-hmm. like a very active old lady. Yes. <laughs> My, yeah, She's Mar- lived multiple Mar- lifetimes. Marjorie is not years. ready for the retirement home. No, um, no, which I think is something that I do want to get into in season two a little bit, like the consequences of being as Her old age? as she is. Oh, yeah, sure. and trying to do the things that she does, um, which we never really do in season one. But, it's all played as a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shoot, what was I? What was I on about? Oh, her experiences and what Swashbuckler opened up. Yeah, yeah. I was able to be like, all right, so there's decades of her life that I don't have filled out because how could you? Mm-hmm. But if she's a swashbuckler, then that means there was a pirate time. Yeah. And so what What a does that mean? A significant pirate time. A significant pirate yeah. time, yeah. And that also means that there must be other decades in Marjorie's life that I haven't, I haven't opened up yet. Mm-hmm. And we'll discover as we go, because uh, kind of like what you were talking about with... I, I listened briefly to the uh, Zabbis and mm-hmm. you discussion, the Chelsea and you discussion. And what you guys were talking about was that sometimes going into a and d game without a fully fleshed out backstory mm-hmm. can benefit you. Yeah. And it is absolutely encouraged and allowed. You're allowed to not have that figured out when yeah. you start. Yeah. And that's what happened with me. And it's been like very rewarding to fill that in as we go privately to myself and it will come out in different mm-hmm. ways as we as we go. Yeah, I think that we have a really good mix in the team uh, of of what was prepared before and what what was not mm-hmm. uh, where you have Joel on one end and James on the other mm-hmm. uh, of of heavy preparation and basically none. And um <laughs> And then the rest, of the, you know, you have the spectrum that of kind of in the middle of, you know, Chelsea's more more to the James side. Um, you know, M- Mike's pretty much in the middle. Yeah, I, he had a, he had a pretty side. pretty good idea, but but you know, still some things to fill in. And then you're kind of, you know, in the middle there too. You had some stuff, but then it came in later. Mm-hmm. And I think he really started to fill in the gaps once he. It, it did seem like that swashbuckler was a turning point. Yeah. Um, and the portal episode was such a turning point for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think. Um. But yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I'm excited to see that too. Um, you know, because uh the character stuff with Marjorie, also just just between you and I playing, I think we both respond to that really well yeah. and enjoy that that aspect of it. Uh I loved the Koi Room stuff mm. uh in season one and playing that out and everything. And I think I did too. Yeah, I think that 
you Gosh, know. listening back to season one, though, it's so funny when you're playing a character, when you're role playing, uh, of course, there's the improv performer's brain. I've got Beth brain going on who's listening to everything, and mm-hmm. I know things that the character doesn't know. That's fine. Um, but you're also putting yourself in the shoes of the person that you're playing. And Marjorie really did throughout season one look up to Koyrim. Mm-hmm. He and, and this is like a character trait of hers where she uh, she will judge very quickly and then has a really hard time letting go of those judgments. So like Juno was kind to her in the first episode, and so she's carried a flame for him throughout, and she shouldn't. like he's proven multiple times that he's kind of a bastard (laughs) but it doesn't matter to her because like she there's a loyalty there Mm -hmm. and with koirum as well uh she saw something in koirum that she admired and she admires him throughout the first season so when i went back and i listened to the first season i was i was shocked at how insecure koirum was Mm -hmm. because margarine can't see it yeah Mm-hmm. But that was so much fun to play with, too, because um, when I wrote Koirum originally, uh, I planned on having this like very hard, capable, impressive character because I wanted <laughs> the origin of the character was oh, I wanted it, to the most mischievous smile right now because <laughs> it's it's an asshole thing, really. <laughs> I was pissed at Joel for for choosing a ranger because I thought he wasn't playing a he was he was playing a ranger like a paladin, mm-hmm. and we already had a ranger. And I was like, "Why didn't you just make a paladin? Like, if you're gonna play this like code of ethics character, yeah. that class exists, and you chose not to do it, you know." And I was like, kind of pissed at him at the time. This was early days. Um, I wouldn't change Juno for anything now. No, um, he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so I wrote Corum to be like, look what you could have done. Oh, really? That was the original point. Oh, I didn't know that. But then I realized that's spiteful Mm -hmm. and and bad storytelling. That's bad writing, you know. And I wanted that character to to have um, more to him uh, than just this like powerhouse, heavy armor, badass weapon, go kill things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I added those shades. To, to flesh out the character and I wanted and I also realized in a in the bigger picture kind of thing that that nobody knows what they're doing you know that was yeah. that was a kind of one of the themes of season one for me because the team kept fucking up <laughs> you know like the the fireball stuff and like the Juno not getting the name yeah. of the of uh of Victona and like and I wanted to be like, okay, well, it's one thing if the players just like have bad roles and keep fucking up, but like in a more thematic thing, I, I wanted there to be like nobody knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Koyrim, uh, you know, is is this coward? Is this you know has the, all this self doubt and you know questions himself and everything? And then like uh, Amara shouldn't be the boss no you know? she's not a leader type she's yeah. you know she she was put into this position against her will you know um genevieve makes poor choices mm-hmm. you know uh all these things where, yeah there's a lot of like perception versus reality yeah, stuff going on and and that was all more interesting to me and it was um so much more fun to play that because like we wouldn't have had any of those moments with Corbin and margarine if he was just this badass successful character mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, why would he need to do anything but lead? Right, exactly. Yeah. All he would have been is just like, I'm going to get you here, and I'm going to kill stuff. Yep. 
And that wouldn't have been fun at all. And some of my favorite moments as a player, you know, like I, you know, I'm DMing and running the story and everything, but I'm also playing the NPCs. And what, some of my favorite moments as a player were the March from Court and stuff. Aww. I mean, that was just, you know, the, the, um, the inner sanctum scene mm-hmm. at, at Gollum with was, it was so much fun. And I, th- I loved how it turned out. And the end when everybody comes back was really nice Ugh. too. So. I was so, I was glowing <laughs> when all of that was happening. Yeah, it's a uh, so it, you know it was it was really I I really liked your commitment to how Marjorie viewed the the other characters in the story, mm-hmm. um, and it created so much great storytelling. Be, you know, and especially towards the end there with like the stuff with Flack. Like, for for Marjorie to be so hurt yeah. and then to commit to that choice for, like, you know, it was episodes, it was hours of, of the show, but it was also, like, months of real life. Yeah, <laughs> one of, I was, I was upset because that, that, um, catching her feather cloak on fire scene mm-hmm. happened and then we stopped recording. Yeah, for for like two months. Yeah, and like yeah. I said earlier, you're in the shoes of that character, and so like I, I of course James and I are fine. Yeah. We don't have any kind of animosity towards each other. Yeah, a lot of people asked about that uh, when we did the Q and A stuff, and that that got lost. But yeah, yeah, no, it's all we're fantasy. all cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but then you're playing these characters too, and I like I felt for her, like I felt that kind of betrayal because this is this is a a team that she had opened up to about Mm -hmm. being being literally betrayed before and this this was the same thing in her eyes so of course she wasn't gonna uh get over that quickly but yeah like you said there there was a very long time between that happening and then us picking back up for the next episode in the next Mm -hmm. couple episodes and so i i remember sitting down in front of the microphone and being like okay i gotta get myself Literally right back to that place yeah. of like just be just having my heart torn out yeah. by somebody who I had felt like I was just beginning to form a, a kinship with. Because yeah. like during the fireball scene, him and I were like in hallways sneaking around talking about our feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really. I think Flack is um, while Juno and Marjorie obviously had a connection in the beginning. Flack was maybe the first person that opened up to margarine and, and margarine opened up too yeah um and like so that really mattered mm-hmm. in a big way and it made total sense that his character would do that and mm-hmm. it made total sense to me that margarine's character would margarine's character margarine would <laughs> have that kind of reaction uh but then yeah the challenge of getting back into that headspace to then make the choices that she would realistically make moving forward mm-hmm. was really tough yeah and and but but you you did it wonderfully. I mean, oh, it, it, you know, when I was cutting it and everything and obviously listening back, I think that it's seamless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it was beneficial that it was such an extreme emotion that you mm-hmm. could just go right to this. You know, you could go from zero to ten. You didn't have to find a kind of ambiguous middle ground and yeah. play um, something a little bit more, you know, subtext, I guess. But. Um, but there are other subtextual things that I think maybe weren't real choices, like active choices, I guess, but that track totally with the character that maybe only I noticed because Aww. I spend so much time with it. Um, but like Marjorie being so upset over the cloak, 
tracks perfectly with me because of a materialism that margarine has that goes back to taking the gems Mm -hmm. at the very beginning and like all these things these little tiny choices and everybody has them if if, you know we could we could go through each character and have the little tiny things that that are consistent without i think you guys really knowing it um that end up that i think make this make your character so rich yeah um and and i just i just think that that's so fun for me to kind of realize after the fact Mm -hmm. even though they may not be active choices in the moment but but i think you guys all know your characters really well and kind of play these specific choices and and are consistent with them and it's it's almost you know it's like you know, you're all talented and everything. It's like, oh yeah, of course they're going to do so it. But nice. like, it's just nice. It's just, <laughs> it's I'm just like the nicest podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking like this is making me think of you know those people who practice Buddhism, but Buddhists? like, no, no, not Buddhists. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm talking about people who practice Buddhism who you like accidentally knock over their vase and they scream at you bloody until your heads raw. Oh, sure. Until their heads raw. Yeah. Yeah. But but they're but they're at peace. Oh yeah, you know, right? It's just it's all like this is uh, pretend I am who I say I am, not the person that I show myself to be. Right? Marjorie, I think, is like that about materialism. Yeah, where she might she doesn't think that she's materialistic, mm-hmm. but she got them sticky fingers. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's such a, it it creates really good comedy, mm-hmm. and then it comes back to like you know the good storytelling and everything. It's mm-hmm. it's a really cool character choice yeah and that's that's a rogue thing too you know yeah Yeah, and that comes from the rogue choice right that's like an easy thing to just dive into i didn't have to rack my brain thinking like what are marjorie's characteristics oh this thing Mm -hmm. no i i know that she's somebody who wants to be a certain way but is is a rogue Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah by nature Mm -hmm. yeah you have this 200 years of life as a as a ne'er do well mm-hmm. even though yeah and at at her core she's a good person yeah yeah um which i i, I guess i've asked one question I'm sorry. <laughs> no I, I don't um i'm very good at interviews yes no this is this is great i mean there's no there's no formula to these uh um but i guess like going into well, well, you know, I guess let's just talk a little bit more specifically about Marjorie's arc from season one mm-hmm. of going from, you know, the would everyone and would anyone like some candy all the way to, you know, activating the beacon and saving the day. Uh, what do you from your perspective as Beth, you mm-hmm. know, how do you see where is she at the end? Where did she where did she end up? The team was a big part of it, I think. This kind of found family. Yeah. Um, where when we when we pick back up, you know, because we're gonna pick up right where we left off. Spoilers. Really? Yeah. I gotta get myself back in the mind <laughs> that mind space. Now. Um. Damn it. And uh, and you know, you've you've saved the day, you know, but you started in this very different place Mm -hmm. so what what where's margarine when we when we get back to her i this is a this is a nasty word uh i think she's raw like i think margarine is tough as nails when she starts season one yeah i think that she's been alone i think that she's figured out coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. and defense mechanisms and built walls um and she's not aware of those walls oh yeah and so she's fighting herself and and fighting that 
those defense mechanisms throughout mm-hmm. the whole first season as she like like you said at her core she's a good person and the word that i always come back to uh is care like margarine just she cares mm-hmm. and i hope by the way that this never makes her like a uh, stick in the mud like I never want her to be like that no we can't do that because that's a bad idea no no that's gonna hurt someone no I don't, I don't think, think that's that she the case is. no uh, that's the danger of that but I think the experiences that she goes through in <laughs> the five days that is season one <laughs> <laughs> it's a little longer if you counted up the rest I think Maybe it like would be long weeks. and there's like travel time yeah that's it's true. like more like two weeks okay um in the course of the year that we recorded season one, <laughs> she she is somebody who uh, gets scrubbed down to like a very vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. Like she opens up her heart to a, a group of people. Um, some of those people respect that. Some of those people don't respect that. She has to face um, what that means moving forward. Like what I don't think that Marjorie's ever spent any time around somebody who has betrayed her for longer than after that betrayal Mm -hmm. and like she needs to learn how to forgive Mm -hmm. and i think that she's made steps and like in in the story flack and margarine do have a conversation she hasn't really talked to zabbis about anything yeah um uh, but yeah that's she's she's raw and i think that she in opening that beacon realize that there's that she's more capable than she thought she was before Mm -hmm. and so there might be like a hero complex that develops out of this and i don't know how that's going to manifest if it's going to be like unhealthy or if it's going to be self-esteem you know Mm -hmm. um but i i do think that she's at a place where she's feeling very vulnerable and open and that could go a couple different ways yeah I think that's really interesting. Uh, One thing that we were starting to talk about before we started recording uh, is something that came up in Chelsea's episode. Mm. Uh, Zabbis' background uh, as it relates to the character sheet and creating the character in in 5th edition where you have these backgrounds. Um, Margarine's, I think, is Urchin. Yeah. Uh, Zabbis chose, Chelsea chose folk hero. And something that uh, we talked about is um, how does Zabbis feel that Margarine is kind of uh, almost more of a folk hero that's than Zabbis. Yeah. Um, and I think that especially, you know, Chelsea had mentioned, oh, but you know, part of it is because she's from the town that the story was set in. You mm-hmm. know, the first season was set in, and uh, and by the way, I listened to this part of that podcast, and I, I never seen right. that. I never thought of Marjorie as a folk hero. Yeah. So that's and, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I was going to ask was um. Do you think that that's going to be part of Marjorie at all? Is that something that Marjorie ever sought? No. Is recognition or or but or um, I don't necessarily praise isn't necessarily the right word. Acclaim maybe, fame. No, you know what? No, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I rate about this oddly. No, I think. Because I did give her the urchin background mm-hmm. that she's like an orphan that she grew up without without love. Yeah, I think Marjorie's number one goal is love. I don't think that love comes from fame though. Okay. Um, however, she might be realizing like this is when I talk about how she's at kind of a turning point here mm-hmm. where this could be a healthy move, yeah. a normal move, an unhealthy move. I don't sure. know. Um, this could manifest in this going to her head mm-hmm. and her being like 
this is how I can find love that doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Is fandom. Sure. Um, because, you know, and, and we don't know how this is going to play out at no, all. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> it's not written, man. But, you know, there there is a possibility, and I'm not tipping my hand here at all because I don't know how things are going to, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I have... I've said on in the last couple episodes I have plotted season two for for the most part, but all of that, as we know, can go away mm-hmm. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Um, so, uh, you know, we don't know how other characters or Marjorie herself is going to react to the fact that yes, it was a team effort, but Marjorie did activate the beacon, mm-hmm. you know, and that could. But she didn't do because she wanted to be the one to activate totally. the beacon. Totally, but maybe the next beacon, she's like, "This is my job now. Maybe. I am the chosen one." Yeah, the next quest, the next big thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know how that's going to. Yeah, beacon in quotations. Right, beacon as a as a, a synecdoche. Um, oh, some... good word. Thank you. Um, but uh, is that right? It's an old person speak. <laughs> there's there's synecdoche, and then there's the opposite of that, and I don't remember which one I'm using. Anyway, um, but uh. But yeah, I think um, you know, it, it could be an interesting thing, thing to play with. Mm-hmm. And part of, you know, part of what these episodes have been is me kind of planting seeds for everybody yeah. of how how they're going to, you know, deal with season 2. I think two. that's smart. Yeah, you know, and I think that's fun to, you know, I'm wearing a lot of hats on this show of like you know, I'm and director is kind of one of them a little bit of like you guys are actors and I'm <laughs> trying to kind of, you know, inform your performance yeah. a little bit. But I don't want to tell you what to do. You're either. the real folk hero. Oh, jeez. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, But yeah, you know, so just, you know, something to think about, I guess. Um, But but something I am asking everybody um, to kind of speaking of season two is what does Martrin want going forward? Love. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the driving force. I think that's great. I I'm think not, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be as simple as that. It's gonna boil down to uh different things for different people and different sure. scenarios. Yeah. But when I asked myself in the beginning of this whole campaign, like why is Martrin a part of the team? Because that's the number one thing when you start a campaign. Is like you need to have a character who wants to be there. Yes, hundred percent. That's that's a really important thing. I think for anybody who's who's a new player or thinking of playing, um, you got to want to be on the adventure. Mm-hmm. You have to just buy into the fact that this scenario makes no sense. <laughs> um, you know, there's going to be th- situations where if you think about it, of like my character would just leave now. Yeah, but you can't because that's not how the game works. Yeah. So, um, like, figure out why you want to be on the adventure. Right, and yeah. In the beginning, and I think I talked about this in the first discussion episode, she wanted things. It was about material. Yeah. And she was like, all right, where's the, where are the gems? Where are the jewels? That right. is the thing. Because if you set up a character, you get, um, like, there's a box where you fill that in. Yeah. Literally, like, why, what, is, what motivates your character? And I think mine is, like, having things, having more things. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. But that wasn't fun. Right. And it and I didn't want to just constantly be like, where's the jewelry? Yeah, where's the treasure? Yeah. Yeah. So it turned into like let's let's look at this urchin past. And then what 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 was fun about Marjorie was like how she was interacting with everybody and she mm-hmm. wanted to continue interacting with those people. And so why would she want to continue interacting with them? Because she seeks love. She seeks companionship. And I think that comes through very strongly in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what happens when that is something outside of the group? Because yeah. at this point, we are a team. And yep. I'm, I'm not concerned about, like, Marjorie leaving that team necessarily. Be a different show. Yeah. Uh, but I can see her trying to find what she wanted from the team someplace else. Mm -hmm. It's like you still love your family, but sometimes you got to just strike it on out west. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing where, um, like, uh, when I was, uh, I was a swim coach, um, and I coached my sister. She was in high school. I was, you know, recently graduated. I was the high school girl swim coach. And mm -hmm. if I told my sister to do something as a coach, she would sometimes not listen to me as, you know, a sibling. Right. But if the other coach said to do it, she would do it. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Where, like, you know, there's, you just have, you create these relationships and you have this comfort. And then you want you want something that you don't know mm -hmm. you know and i think that that might be something it maybe that happens maybe, maybe it doesn't I, it occurs yeah, to me i've got a, just like three notes down on this piece of paper i'm looking at yeah. um and one of them makes me reminds me like i think season 2 another goal of margarine's and this might be an indirect conflict with the love goal mm -hmm. which i think could be in, i hope it doesn't mean like she doesn't make any sense good. yeah but, like, she wants to be stronger. She wants to have tougher skin. She wants yeah. to not be hurt. I don't think that's in conflict at all. Yeah. I think that those kind of go hand in hand because one of the things It's that, dysfunctional, though. It doesn't work. Sure. But I, I think that that's just a human thing where, like, if, if you do open yourself up and if you do make yourself vulnerable to people, mm -hmm. they can hurt you, you know? And, and Marjorie was hurt. And um, a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just with the, the, the cloak and with, uh, flack, but, um, you know, there were, there were other instances too. And I, I think that with that vulnerability can come a desire to not let that happen again, uh -huh. you know, and there's backstory stuff too with Marjorie. I think that, that, that plays into, so I don't think that's, that's in opposition at all. I think that those go hand in hand, whether or not it's, it's a good way to, to, to live or not doesn't necessarily, you know, yeah, it doesn't super matter, but. Uh, so I'm a big fan of My Hero Academia. <laughs> um, so I, I remember from the little clicks that I had to oh edit out. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Guys, I had a little, like, keychain, Deku keychain that I had hanging from my microphone, and it would make little ticky noises against my microphone that, no joke, Joel and Gressel had to edit <laughs> a full hour. It took them a full hour every yep. episode to get all of Beth's, Beth's clickies. Yep. I we fixed the issue i didn't know it was a problem now we didn't know what it was until uh <laughs> until the the q a that went bad oh yeah. man it was bad but i'm a big fan of that show and uh no spoilers but let's see oh, don't lose this train of thought beth bakugo is a character that's introduced first episode he's throughout the whole series um and he's somebody who goes through a very cool growth arc through the first three seasons. Which one is he? He's Explosor, Explosion Hands. He's oh, the bully. great. Okay. Yeah. You hate him in season one. He's yes. like a piece of shit. He is the worst. Um, that is the season that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. What was I going to say about that? He goes on this arc. Sorry to derail you twice. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers was doing like a video about his arc. Mm -hmm. And in it, he said that like Bakugo is not a good person, but mm -hmm. he's a good character. Yes. And I think there is... 
ton of play area for us to be playing ca- characters that aren't necessarily good people, mm-hmm. but they're good characters. Yeah. And I think that conflict, that conflict of wanting love, but also wanting to be tough yeah. and defend against, be- against being hurt mm-hmm. is some is like a combination that can create somebody who's not necessarily good, but can be very interesting. I mean, Don Draper. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's that's Don Draper for sure. Oh. Marjorie's Don Draper. <laughs> she's end game. She's going to open up. Uh, I don't know how how that show ends. So in my brain, she's going to open up an advertising agency and be very <laughs> successful. Perfect. You nailed it. <laughs> Uh, no, I think that that's a great, that's a great lesson, I think, is, is, yeah, or Walter White is a great character who's a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible person, you know, or most villains, the Joker, you know, yeah. um, not that Mar- Martian is not the villain. Of course not, no. <laughs> we already talked about, like, at her core. There's no, there's no, like, heel turn with Martian. No, no, Martian is a good person. She's campaign Mima. She's she can't be bad. Mima. No, 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 she is a good guy through and through. Mm-hmm. I think, um. You know, we we talked in Chelsea's episode a little bit about how no one on the team is a bad guy. Yeah. I think even with uh, the morally ambiguous choices that Zabbos and Flack make, they're not evil characters. Flack does have like a, a sociopathic tendencies yeah. that, are, that are fascinating I'm to me. Really excited to talk to James about Flack. About yeah, because I that think means. when James goes back and he listens, I think he's ashamed of those moments. I think in his brain, it doesn't make sense that right. his character would do that. Right, which is so interesting. Yeah, I. I yeah, we've we've talked uh, off mic about how those choices are so fascinating. Yeah, and we're talking about like when we had the alley. Um, That's the most extreme example for sure. Mm-hmm. When he's in the alley and he just like slits the Murders guy's throat. Murders a guy. Yeah, at, and we were all like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> his stuff with the bone dice, like his devil may care yeah. attitude about bone dice. Yeah, plays into that. There's like one other murder bit, I think, with like a lizard early on or something. Uh, one of the frog people. Does he, he just like he, off a? Th- well, a- he had uh, he had charmed one, and then the charm ends, and he just kills, kills his him. buddy. Yeah, who? Yeah, who and was it's like very his- easy for him to do that, right? Yeah, and then for him to do that to my cloak, like all of that makes sense. Yeah. It's that through line that mm-hmm. you're talking about, yeah, where like totally. each one of these characters have all moments that reflect track completely. Oh, so tasty. Yeah. And I love the idea that James himself is like, I don't understand Flack. He's run away from me. It's all, it's all. He's got the Homeland board up, trying uh-huh. to figure it out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to his episode to to figure out, um, to figure out Flack together because we've talked a little bit, uh, he and I off mic about what we can possibly do to yeah, kind and of Flack's still growing. There's, yeah. there's a moment, and I don't know, and don't tell me because I don't want, I don't want to know. Sure. Uh, there's a moment in the series where. Uh, the Woods Witch mm-hmm. tells Flack that he's got that, like the universe has so much more mm-hmm. for him, or like he's he's gonna be amazing. There's like there's something special that the Woods Witch tells Flack specifically, and n- nothing in the first season tracks with that premonition. And like me as an enjoyer of this podcast, I'm just like so excited to see what that is and mm-hmm. where that goes. That's an open-ended thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. don't tell me if that was like I, an I, idea for Ask me uh, no questions. I'll tell no lies. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, where are we at? Okay. I, I'm. Oops, sorry. No, no, no. We're good. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about like Nuts and Bolts character stuff though. But but yeah. real quick, just to wrap up kind of where, where we're going to go with Marjorie in season two. Is there anything specifically kind of like 
you know, as I'm putting this together, I'm asking everybody because I want you all to have fun. It's important to me uh, as the DM that everybody at the table is enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. That's that's my job. That's the job of any DM is to make sure that the players are, are having fun. Um, is there anything kind of in season two that that you are and, and I don't mean specifically like I don't I don't want you to be like, well, Marjorie wants to do X. Right. Um, but um you know, just kind of what are what are you hoping as a player for Marjorie? What are what, as as the creator kind of of this character? Is there anything that you're kind of like? I don't mean wishes of like I want this to happen, but like yeah. you know, what are your kind of goals of playing the game? I guess or I want to I want to be I want to have more fun with jokes. I don't think Great that choice. I let myself um, make jokes as Margarine okay. as much as I probably should. That that I'll take a little bit of responsibility for that oh, because this, no. the second half was so story. But like she was so angry through the second half as well. Well, those last few. Yeah. Um, so it didn't make a ton of sense. But sometimes that's okay. It's okay for an angry character to like make a pun. Be funny, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to make, I want to do that more. Okay. And I want to let myself, like even though Margarine might not be the class clown, like she's, she's, she's the person who takes care of other people mm-hmm. more than she's someone who makes others laugh. Mm-hmm. I think that for a comedy podcast, <laughs> I should absolutely give myself the freedom to just like be, be jovial. Yeah. Or be jokey more often with her. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something that I, I also um have been thinking about a lot in, in, writing for season two yeah. like i, I want to inject a vial of silliness yeah yeah be able to have fun with stuff i mean i can i th- you can tell a great story and still be outrageously funny you yeah know? there's there's no uh there's no thing that says that those are separate you know so mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't take away from any like no. we've talked about heavy character stuff with her yeah and for her to like make puns doesn't doesn't mean that that internal struggle doesn't still exist yeah. and i need to like remind myself that right and you know that stuff just ha- i mean a lot of the funny just happens it's mm-hmm. stuff that you know is in the moment when you're playing with people like this yeah this crew is the best i, know, I love so our friends fun. i know it's, <laughs> it just it makes it easy it makes it fun yeah. you know i mean it's i i'm so happy to play with you guys as you've pushed me in so many ways to be a better improviser and storyteller mm-hmm. too. You know, this is the most improvising I've ever done. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, I still think like one of the questions in, in the old Q and a thing was like, um, it wasn't necessarily regrets or maybe it was, you know, that's the essence of the question. But like the thing that haunts me about season one, isn't any major storytelling. It's back in the first session, you guys wanted to find a woman in the bar for Kiff, and I shut that down. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that haunts me about season one: is not saying yes to to a decision to get a date for Kiff. Yeah, and like you know, all's well that ends well, but like, yeah, no one, no one's like butthurt about right. That. But that was that's the lesson of like, you know, enjoy playing with these people; they're yeah. so fun to play with. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do some character stuff. Okay. Some character sheet stuff, some nuts and bolts character stuff. So what we're going to do uh, is we are going to get everybody on the same character sheet because people were on different ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a mess. Yeah. And I want to make it easier to reference things. I want to make it so that um, the nuts and bolts gameplay runs smoother so that we can focus on the fun part. Yeah. 
I also, for season two, want to remember that I have a salve that I was like very passionate about buying back when the, we were in the, the which shopping. Which one did you buy? I bought. I bought like an area of effect, uh, thorn, thorn. Oh, an entangle. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I have this in the my pocket. Entangled. And I never bring it up again. Yeah. And Marjorie was like, "I need this." This is definitely uh, when we're going to do that. So, I mean, we're not going to plug in all that yeah, stuff now, not. but uh, you will have the option because you're going to end up with a fillable PDF. Perfect. So you'll be able to get that stuff. Delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah, because everybody so far has gone through their character sheet and been like, "I have all this shit that I never mm-hmm. use." And, you know, J- J- Joel. He did use it once and it didn't work, but he, he got all, the magic lasso, you know, and like stuff like that. Oh, whoa. That yeah. Never, uh, that hasn't come up. I mean, that came up at the end of the season, but like you all have stuff that you've <laughs> never used. So uh, we're going to go and abilities and stuff. So we're going to go through and we're going to use D&D Beyond, which is a uh, official website uh, supplement to the game. Um, not a sponsor, just a great product. Um, and if you have a Twitch channel. Yes, you can use your Twitch account to yeah. log in. Just found that out today. Yeah. Uh, which is how I am logged in right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we're going to use that to get everybody on the same page. Uh, so I have plugged in the things that I know about Margarine. Uh, level 6, uh, Swashbuckler, Rogue, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to go through and fill in some more details uh, with your existing character sheet. So first things first... Um, you are a halfling. And when I went into D&D Beyond and put in halfling, there are a couple halfling abilities um, that maybe we didn't know about at the beginning. Hmm. For instance... Does she need more? <laughs> <laughs> for instance, there is an ability called Lucky that you get as a halfling. And I don't know if this is in the player's handbook, but it's here in... Uh, D&D Beyond, and we can choose to have it be a part of the game or not. It's a little, you know. What is it? When you roll a one for an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can re-roll it, but you must use the new one. So that, Which is always going to be better than a one. Always, well, you could roll two ones, I guess. Who who would ever? But, uh, Joel. What God? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Joel. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, that's... That's a great ability for gameplay. Is that any time? Any time I roll an a one, attack I can do roll, that? an ability check, or saving throw. So not damage. Um, yeah, any time that a critical fail matters. Yeah, basically. right. So like, I don't know how much I. I don't know if I want that. I don't either. Okay. Unless it's like very limited. Like maybe there's some kind of thing in her 200 years where she like visited a fairy fountain, was kissed by yeah. a, a fairy. And that gave her three lucky three lucky tries something, and she's wasted one in some like story she'll tell later on. This see, this is how you build it a pass. Yeah, you find out about the lucky thing, and, and then you're you like, make cool. it make sense. So Zelda fairy situation. Uh, already already used one. I've got two left. Right. What are those? Uh, what do I regret? Like I have regrets about not using yeah. my luck. I'm totally all all supportive for fudging what the game gives us to make it fair our world yeah 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 because that's all i mean obviously that's everything i've been doing <laughs> so um that's something that you can think about how you want to ma- how you want it to make sense but it it i do think that it's a bit of a bummer if if margarine could basically never critical fail yeah like failure is the best failure it, it is what you so learn much from. comedy too yeah uh-huh. yeah 
um yeah it's annoying when you're fighting because then you know that like you'll you'll miss yeah or you'll hit something else right you'll but just like, you'll when just you're like rolling a negotiation one yeah. that's yeah. the most right. delicious stuff. the role-playing ones are very very good uh-huh uh so yeah so we can play with that however yeah. you want uh there's another one and this one i think you can just take this one uh, doesn't i think bug me any uh there's something called brave which tracks for margarine's character i think where you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened oh and i think that that's just great take the ability that we didn't one thing know that about was it. always frustrating for me is like w- when magic forces margarine to be scared yeah it, so now it was it never made sense to play that. Yeah, you get another chance at not being scared. Okay. Um, this one we we've definitely used, even though we def- didn't necessarily um have a name for have it. a name for it. Uh, halfling nimbleness. You can move through the space of any creature that is a size larger than yours. So, uh, you're a small character, any medium or bigger. You, okay. We've done that. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Uh, and, uh, on level seven swashbuckler, I get the opportunity to like move over hard to traverse terrain. If you take seven, that's right. We'll get there we'll in a little bit. Uh, and then naturally stealthy, you can attempt to hide even when you are obscured only by a creature that is at least one size larger than you, which we have definitely plenty times. That has come into play a bunch of times. So I have that's... hidden in plain sight so much. Yes. Yes. Okay. Skill proficiencies. Okay. So you get four skills. So uh, what are you? What skills are you proficient in? These are the ones that you're probably going to have like a check mark next right. to or a bubble in. I've got more than just four. Yeah, there's there. You get other ones from uh, like your background yeah. and things. So we'll we'll get um, but uh, acrobatics. You're acrobatics. I'm proficient. Um, what, athletics. Yep. Deception. Okay. Which I never use. Sleight of hand, which I never use. I have plus ten on sleight of hand. Plus 12 on stealth. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Well, that's my another proficiency, and then I have thieves' tools. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to stealth and But wait, tools. you told me to tell you the ones that I, I got know, the check but marks for that. now it's only four. I'm just going down the chart here. Oh, okay. Which ones are you, uh, do you have expertise in? I think definitely ac- acrobatics, I would How imagine. I these are your hi- These are going to be your highest pluses. Uh, stealth. Okay. I've got I've got 4 that are 10 and stealth is 12. Okay. So acrobatics, deception, sleight of hand and thieves tools are all plus 10. Okay. Acrobatics, whoops, deception and thieves tools and stealth. Right? Sleight of hands. Sleight of hand, thieves tools and stealth. Yeah. Oh, not deception. Stealth is 12, everything else is 10. Okay. No deception's 10 too. Oh, okay, great. Okay, um, sneak attack, you're aware of that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Thieves Cant, you, we, we know that you have this uh, language that mm-hmm. you know, in addition to old people language. I have written on the back of my paper here. Um, cunning Action, you're familiar with that. Uh, you have, uh, you know, your uh, swashbuckler ability that, we've, we've, uh, that has come into play, your fancy footwork. Um, you get a uh, ability called Rakish Audacity that adds your charisma modifier to your initiative rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have chosen Swashbuckler as your roguish ar- archetype. 
Okay, now here's the first thing where we're coming into uh, territory where we can kind of fudge things and retcon a little bit because I did that with Joel. Okay. Uh, and I think we did it with Mike too. Um, at fourth level, you get an ability score improvement or you can choose a feat. Right. Um, I remember this. I believe you chose an ability score. Improvement. I think so, yeah. Um, Which is why I got so many tens. Right, because your, your charisma is probably insane or your dexterity is probably insane. Uh, it's a plus four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, we can we can stick with that. Which I'm is, really happy with that. Yeah, which is fine. Because I remember being really conflicted because of the proficiencies. There's so many tasty proficiencies. Is that what feats? they're called? Feet. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's yeah. so many tasty feats. The big. <laughs> Ew, no, there aren't. <laughs> <laughs> the only one now in hindsight, and I don't think we can necessarily change this because it would have changed things so much. Oh. Uh, is there is a two weapon fighting feat that lets you add your proficiency bonus to your offhand. Oh. But. That would have obviously made a huge difference from fourth level to the end of the season. Yeah. So I don't really think that we can fix that. Just kill things faster. Right. So um, I think, yeah, we'll just stick with the ability score increase. But maybe that's something to think about when you get to, um, uh, when you get to the uh, eighth level. The next time this happens, uh, that you can maybe think about a feat. What's that one called? Uh, I think it's like two weapon fighting or something. It's oh. it's a pretty basic one. Um, do you remember which ability scores you increased? Probably uh, dexterity and something else, or all I got dexterity. Two of them, right? Yeah, you get you get two points to put in two different ones, or two in one. One point in two different scores, or two points in one score. Now, from the beginning of my character, this is this is some like dumb new to D anD D person speaking. Yeah. Um, how many times did I have the opportunity to change my modifiers for strength, dex, constitution? Just this once. Just the once? Yeah. What is, what is your dexterity mark? score? Not your modifier, but the total number. 19. Okay, then I bet you put both in dex. Really? Because I'm looking at what I think is a plus three from before. Because I can see my like pencil eraser stuff. Yeah, so if you had a 17 and you put both in there... To go to a 19, you would have gone from a 3 no, to a 4. No, I went from an 18 to a 19. I only added one there. Okay. Um, I think my charisma, I think I added to charisma because it used to be a 2, it used to be a 15. Now and it's it went plus to 16? Three, 16, Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Cool. And I get to add that to my initiative anyway, so. Yeah. That makes sense then. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. We'll do that. Uh, at fifth level, you get uh, Uncanny Dodge, which mm-hmm. is a rogue ability. Um, when an attacker you see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to have the attack's damage. Oh, you so got to nice. remember that you have that. Wait, but I also have, um, like, Toulouse de jour, which is a word I made up about swashbucklers, which makes it That's so that when I'm... Can you explain that one to me again? Not that, what I just said, but what you just said. Uh, this is just, I think this is just a straight up rogue ability. This isn't specific to swashbuckler. This is that when you get hit with an attack... When an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you can what? use your reaction to have the damage against you. What? How do I do that? I just, you just do, do it? it. You got to remember it, though. What's it called? It's called Uncanny Dodge. It'll be on your new character sheet. I'm going to write it down, too, because my memory is the goldfish again. <laughs> Uncanny Dodge. Oh, my God. She's a she's like a feather. You can't hit her. Yeah, it's 
very frustrating. Try to punch a feather. <laughs> it's uh, through the air. Let's ah! let's do your abilities. So, what is your strength score? The the number, not your modifier. Fourteen. Okay, and your dexterity you just said was nineteen. Nineteen, yeah. Um, so. Uh, constitution. Fifteen. Intelligence. Fourteen. You're very even. Wisdom. Thirteen. And charisma. Sixteen. I might have like a hat that gives me a charisma point, actually. Does my pirate hat give me an additional charisma point? don't remember what the pirate hat does. I'd have to look that up in my notes. Because if that's the case, I got so many erasers. 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 Well, well, this would actually make sense more because it, if this is where you ended up, then yeah. the the ones that you rolled was three fourteens, a sixteen, a fifteen, and, and a I didn't roll very well. You rolled very even, which is fine. But That's now, fine. now you're bumped up and you've got good scores. Cool. So I think you're you're in good shape with that nineteen dexterity as a rogue. Um. So now let's do your health. What is your total max HP? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay. Uh, I'm telling everybody this because the site tells you, and I think it's interesting, hmm. if you rolled all perfect health rolls, it's a total possible of 60. I don't... Uh, Every, I'm, everybody's... I'm famously bad at doing this. A uh, little behind, peek behind the curtain here. Um, Gressel has told us that if we, when we level up, roll our health to be like multiple ones, we can re-roll. Yeah. So, so I have like every single time re-rolled because I always like rolled ones. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's lower than their max. Nobody is. Of course, even, that's how even Mike, work. who I think has the whole highest total max HP, is not awesome. His, his the the like uh, the like perfect roll one is like seventy eight, and I think he's at like fifty. <laughs> so I bet that stings. Him. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, you did the urchin mm-hmm. background. So you get um a skill proficiency, you're you get a you're going to be proficient in sleight of hand and then you get to one other skill. What are you pers- are you uh proficient in perception or persuasion or anything? Can we do this? Yeah, but you get another one. I just need to fill it in. So or maybe this is one that you don't have. Yeah, right? Yeah, because this is like early days character creation stuff, so it's possible you miss stuff. Pretty much everybody has missed something of as course. we've been going through this. We do our best. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, insight, intimidation, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, performance, persuasion, religion, survival. Are you proficient in any of those? Nope. You want to be proficient in one of them? Maybe persuasion. Persuasion might be fun. I think that's a good choice. Uh, you're proficient with a disguise kit, and then you get to choose a tool. So I have thieves tools, which I'm proficient in. Yes. I also have disguise kit, and yes. then I have a blank space. Yeah. So you get to choose a tool from a list of tools that uh, there's a bunch. Um, alchemist supplies, bagpipes, brewer's supplies, calligrapher supplies, carpenter's tools, cartographer schools, cobbler's tools, cook's utensils, dice set, dragon set, chess set, drum, dulcimer, flute, forgery kit. I mean, it's pretty much anything oh you could. Oh, my God. Uh, poisoner's kit, a pan flute, navigator's tools. Ooh, that might make sense. Navigator's tools? Yeah. Oh, because of her path. Yeah. 
wood carvers tools weavers tools you could be proficient in vehicles <laughs> i don't uh, actually you can't that. you can't choose that because that would be too much retconning yeah um uh smith's tools potter's tools uh anything jumping out painter's Dude, supplies no, navigators would be perfect because like even with Quirim's helm like that tracks oh yeah that tracks totally yeah all right we'll do navigators tools uh, you have a a background feature called City Secrets. You know the secret patterns and flows to cities, and you can find passages through the urban sprawl that others would miss. When you're not in combat, uh, and companions you lead, you and companions you lead can travel between two locations in the city as fast as your speed would normally allow. That doesn't really come up in the way that I run a game. Yeah. Um, but the like secret patterns and flow to the city and stuff that totally. And I've does. definitely like had the opportunity to be like, Marjorie, where should we take them? Here. Totally. Uh, okay, so now do you have personality traits and ideals and stuff written down? I do have them written down. Okay. But remember, this is all stuff that we did right when right we... Right at the very, very beginning. Yeah, so this is pre-episode one margarine. Right. But it, I think it's worth having as, like, where you started. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Why? Is it totally no, wrong? No, it's fun. What's your personality trait? Trait? I've got four. Okay. Flirtatious. Okay. Selfish. Yep. Sassy. Great. And joking. Perfect. Um, what, uh, there's two sections for traits here. Yeah. The second one is hide scraps and don't bathe. Yep. Uh, <laughs> those are the, yeah. Ew. Uh, ideals. Do you have an ideal written down? I do. I have a couple here. Um, aspiration. Okay. Independent. Uh, okay. And then I have sincerity. There's no good, uh, pre- Oh, there's no good pretending to be something I'm not, which that doesn't doesn't work. track. Yeah. yeah, let's let's leave that one off. Like, th- there's a part of that in that she like Marjorie is. If she wants to be naked, she's gonna be naked. If she sure. wants to say what's on her mind, she's gonna say what uh, what's on her mind. But she also can be Land of Lakes if she chooses to be. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, do you have a bond? My bond. Uh, my bond is interesting. Okay. I just read this and I like totally forgot about it. And I'm trying to wonder what I'm wondering how to kind of wrap this back into uh, the the big history moment with Marjorie. Mm-hmm. My bond is I owe a debt to and I wrote pity person. Oh, I can never re- I owe a debt and I can never repay the person who took pity on me. Oh, yeah. Pit, well, then that doesn't read right. I owe a debt to pity person. Well, and it, then in parentheses, I wrote first love. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that tracks with what we what we know. Now that I realize what it actually means. Yeah. yeah. Versus I owe a debt to pity person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a flaw? Hard time forming bonds and trust. So I, I did an okay job yeah. setting her up and then I think like so. finding what that means. Um, do you think there's a better flaw listed? No, I don't. It's uh, if I'm outnumbered, I'll run away from a, a fight. Gold seems like a, mon- a lot of money to me. I'll do anything to get more of it. Uh, I will never fully trust anyone other than myself. I'd rather kill someone in their sleep way, than though. fight fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not stealing if I need it more than someone else. Uh, and people who can't take care of themselves get what they deserve. No, I'm, um, I'm done with hard time forming bonds and trust. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll fill in like your character description of like what you look like and everything uh, on your own, your equipment uh, as well. All of your, um, you know, your specific equipment and everything. Um, 
speaking of your equipment <laughs> i have written down here magic infinite water bucket wearing as hat <laughs> <laughs> what that that was the the bucket uh from Am the I, do break i have in that on my fire. head would i i don't remember if you finish with it on your head <laughs> or not you have so many things on your head oh my she's a mess she's a mess i love her so much um no one ever taught her how to dress <laughs> uh before we get into leveling up, I want to talk about your equipment real quick, specifically your knives. Yeah, so, okay, my equipment right now, I've got two magic knives. Yes, these I were also... from Malik. Oh, yeah. Yep. Huh. I also have Stormy's short sword, and I kind yeah. of adore this quiet collecting of, of like, Stormy gave that to me mm -hmm. to make sure that I could protect myself. Like that matters to her. Yeah, totally. Uh, and same with Malik's knives. Uh, with Malik's knives, I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, they're magic weapons. Yeah, they have two. They're either poison or what was the other one? Fuck, I made them up. I should know. Oh, radiant damage or poison? Yeah, damage. yeah, yeah, yeah. Radiant damage or poison damage? Depending because on they're, how I'm they're, feeling. Um, they're tied to that whole religion um how interesting they're magic weapons and they're yours now so you can name them oh if you want you know like the scythe of the times is a name and they're a pair like they wouldn't have separate names no well they could have, no they could have each they could each have names um but i just wanted to throw that out there okay because they're magic weapons uh and you it would be unlikely that you would get better ones. I mean, you know, Marjorie can do whatever Marjorie wants to do, but one of my favorite things in any kind of D and D or video gamey thing is like equipment that matters, mm -hmm. equipment that has a story, um, equipment that was a gift or like it's it's fine and dandy to find stuff in um, in cellars and then mm -hmm. use that, put it on. But it's like so much more interesting to use the sword that Stormy gave me in sure. order to uh, defend him. You know, yeah. there's like narrative interest there. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I, obviously, like the stuff from Malik has a meaning now that he's dead. Yeah. Um. I yeah. Think about that. Uh. So yeah. Um. So now let, let's get into the real question mark about the next phase in season two. So at the end of season one, you uh, completed the quest and you are now going to move up to level seven. Mm. So you have a choice, the same choice I'm giving everybody. You can either become a level seven uh, rogue swashbuckler or you can multi-class. Do you know what you're going to do? I want to multi-class. You do. What I do you want to do? I want to be a fighter. Oh, you're going to be a killing machine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I am. You're going to be an absolute killing machine because mm -hmm. there's the math side of my brain that says this is a team that needs a killing machine but there's also the the arc part of of margarine where like she thinks that this is what strength is yeah like, uh, she thinks that she will be more <laughs> her emotional intelligence is like tied to her physical strength okay um so Joel, so f so far the only other player who has decided firmly to multi-class is Joel. Yeah. And I told him that uh, there needed to be a 
narrative reason for this. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, it's a little bit different with this, um, but with what Joel chose is he went cleric. And that totally tracks for Juno. Um, I think that it's completely legit that he, after the experiences that you guys had with an actual, a couple actual divine encounters, yeah. um, and see him seeing the great heifer and then being revived by its milk. Yeah. And he's going to now be a cleric of the of the great heifer. And we are just never going to let him live it down. I know. It's I can't <laughs> wait. Um so what is the I I think it it can be as simple as just like she's just good better at fighting now. Um but what 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 is the kind of narrative choice for for this this move? Because this isn't this isn't as hard of a move as no. as cleric, where it's like a totally new set of abilities, or or Chelsea is is mulling over warlock, which would would actually have to play out in story. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but what what are you what are you, what's motivating this choice for Marjorie? Here's okay. Here's something I wanted to bring up with you, and okay. maybe it ties into this as well. All right. Uh, one of my three notes that I wrote down is old person consequences for flipping. So okay. Marjorie is not as spry as she was. Sure. Um, and I think we were talking off mic a little bit earlier, and you you said, like, yeah, we talk about that in the series, but it's kind of played off as a joke. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea, and I don't want to give you more work if this is more work, but I like the idea of there being consequences for her actions physically. Yeah. Like, if she goes through a big fight, and she's flipping off her shoulders, and yeah. she's taking rolls and throwing stuff, like, that... You're. <laughs> I did yoga a couple days ago. I'm still recovering. I know. So, <laughs> I'm just sore being alive. Yeah. I'm 30. Right. <laughs> and I think that there's something interesting there with um, potentially dealing with it in season two. Like, what are the consequences that she has to deal with yeah. growing older? Yeah. And I think that could tie into her deciding to multiclass, her deciding to be a fighter, because a fighter is more capable of dealing heavy hits without straining the body. Sure. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one other thing that we could do, and this is, you know, you, I'm not going to force this. It, we would have to dis- discuss it and agree to it together. Um, one thing we talked about in our pre-pro meeting was, uh, you know, having injuries. Yeah. Um, for really extreme, you know, results in, in combat. What do you think if, you know, you try to do an acrobatics roll and you roll and you roll a one right that having an injury effect, you know, because of your age, you know, or something like that. Does I that, does love that make that. sense? Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you just you go to flip onto someone's shoulders, but your knee gives out, mm-hmm. you know, because it's an old knee, <laughs> yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. And then you you know you can't you know you're hobbled to limited movement for the next few you know for until a short rest or something you mm-hmm. know like something like that. Does I that think that make makes sense? total sense. All right, we can do that. We and can I, definitely I think make that, that part her, of her continuing to want to fight mm-hmm. means that she has to be a fighter. She has to change the way she fights. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, you're you're going to be a level one fighter. It's not like you're suddenly a battle master right. or anything. So I think it 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 tracks for me that Marjorie would know these skills mm-hmm. just from observation you know from being around you know she's she's lived a rough life mm-hmm. she knows how to stand her ground if she needs to um so that totally makes sense yeah. and then like 
like we were talking about this whole side episode, she's somebody who wants to become stronger to protect herself from totally. getting hurt. And that, like, she's not, she's not dumb by any means, but she's not the smartest person on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so physical strength translates to emotional strength for her as well. Okay. Um, well, you're going to get a couple choices here at uh, first level. There... And this is what I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> this is what what's fortunate uh, about Fighter, and this is probably why, uh, like we were talking about earlier, it would have been a boring choice at the beginning. Yeah. Because you're very, like, first level Fighter is really, really simple. So this isn't going to be, like, when we did Cleric for Joel, it was like a whole thing. Yeah. You know? I've, I did like a one-off and I created a cleric character, and I did not know what I was getting myself into. Yeah, but it was so fun. It was fun. Yes. Um, but uh, so th- there's there's like one decision that you'll have to make, mm-hmm. and I think I know what you're going to choose. You get to choose a fighting style, and there are a couple options. I think the one that makes the most sense mm-hmm. with how you have played the game is two-weapon fighting. Yeah. Uh where you, when you engage in two-weapon fighting, you add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack. So you do a little bit of extra damage. That's not a feat. No, no. This is now your fighting style as a fighter. So you you, you kind of accomplish what we talked about earlier, where yeah. if you... This this circumvents that. Um, so you, you now would get to do that since you always do fight... You have always been fighting two-weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a... Another option that I want to, uh, I mean, there's a f- few other options, um, but I just want to pitch this as a role-playing option b- based off of what you said. Mm-hmm. There's protection fighter. Oh, no, you must mm-hmm. be wielding a shield. So yeah, that's not no. real. That's too it's hard of a pivot. Okay, so we'll go with we'll go with two weapon, I think. Everything else is either, like, you're not going to do archery. You're not going to no. suddenly do great weapon. <laughs> What's that? That's, like, two-handed weapons, like a two-handed great sword or a oh great God, axe so or something. that's so funny. She can't pick one up. No, it would be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll do two-weapon fighting. Yeah. Uh, and then you also get a bi- an ability called Second Wind. Uh, you have a limited well of stamina that you could draw from uh, to protect yourself from harm. On your turn, you can use a bonus action to regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus your fighter level, which is 1. <laughs> uh, once you use this feature, you must uh, finish a short or long rest before you can use it again. So that's a really quick, and that's a bonus action too. So that's a really quick kind of like if you're hurting, you can, you know, stout I'll yourself use that, like, up. one time. And that totally fits with your... Uh, story reason for doing this uh-huh you know so that's cool margarine gotta look out for margarine uh the last thing you need to do is roll a d10 to add your new it's health gonna be a one <laughs> i'm gonna roll it's gonna roll a one if if there's a, a weird uh clip in the audio here you know there beth rolled a one and we redid it <laughs> a D10, you said? that's the one that fell out actually oh wow yeah maybe that means it's the lucky one let's hope so is it? Yeah, that's a ten. <gasps> yeah, there's a one in it. <laughs> there is a one in it, so that's great. So you're now no way. You're now up to. You listen to me. <laughs> so you're now up to sixty three, out of a possible seventy two. HP. Yeah. How? Because that's that's you rolled a ten, and I just added. I went t- from thirty eight to sixty three. Wait, no, how did that work? That should be a forty eight. What did I just do? I don't know. 
How did I mess Aiden up? Aiden, not on your computer. Damn. Did we just fill in Zabbis's whole sheet with <laughs> Marjorie's information? No, I think something uh, got changed when I went from uh, from fighter to rogue. So what what did you hit? You had a you went from thirty three. You should be at forty. Uh, it was thirty eight. Thirty eight. So now it's going up to forty eight. Okay. It's just add the ten. Yeah, just add the ten. Oh, and your and your um, no, and your Constitution modifier, which is two. Yeah, so it should be add twelve. So oh, so just straight fifty then. Straight fifty. That feels good. Yeah, we did it. We did it. So you now have the same. Well, Mike hasn't leveled up yet. Well, oh, because he yeah, hasn't yeah. chosen. He had fifty at six. So, I see, I see. but you'll be you'll be up there with the the other big boys with uh, Joel and and Mike. That's wow. Yeah. I never thought that I would. I, ne- <laughs> I never thought she would get there. So yeah, so that'll that'll be Marjorie. Um, I'll get you this uh, PDF so that you can fill in all your other stuff, your weapons and awesome. your equipment and everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, I gotta figure out these knives' names. I want them to be funny, but I don't want them to like ruin the name of Malik. You know, you can also like you know. You can try out stuff too. Like Marjorie might be trying out <laughs> names to see if something works, you know. Um, but yeah, this is koi rim and a koi ram. <laughs> Marjorie's like creeped out by it, like flattered, but also creeped out. We might not see koi rim again. We don't know. Oh no! We don't know. I just took a drink of water, and that made me sad. If you uh, if you remember what happened at the end of season one, is you guys got sucked into a portal. So all bets are off. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, Flack rolled the bone dice. You fuck. <laughs> and you all got sucked into a portal. Oh, my God. This is another thing that I'm trying to iron out about Marjorie's past. Like, you'll notice that she slowly over the course of season one is more and more upset by gambling, like specifically gambling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why yet, but I'm committed to it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I I really like that uh, that uh, like you and Chelsea who had like vague backstories mm-hmm. have committed to things that you'll figure out later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that that's great. Uh, so yeah, I, that's that's it. We're done. That was so fun. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, any questions or concerns about going forward that you want to ask me or talk about real quick before we wrap wrap up? We can always talk. You know, normally as friends and people too. <laughs> I, I'm just like trying to rack my brain for things that we talked about that were so cool during that um, the lost episode <laughs> the second discussion episode I remember Flack saying that no I'm sorry Flack, you know what Stormy Mike was saying that he built Stormy um, out of his insecurities like mm-hmm. he's a character that's that's just all of Mike's insecurities and I want that to be said out loud because I don't know that our audience knows that. And that's like, there's so many ways to build characters. And I'm, we're all talking about it, yeah. I'm sure. And even the way that you built Koirim is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like you can build a character out of like maybe not the best intentions and then turn that into something really special. Yeah. And I'm really, I, I'm so glad that I did. I can't, I can't imagine what the, I mean, it would have been a completely different story if I had just stuck to, mm-hmm. to what I originally, I mean, but I changed so many things like that. You know, um, Amara wasn't originally going to be this like flighty, ditzy character that she mm-hmm. ended up being, and um, 
I'm I'm one of the best things about what I do in this and in, in the game and in this show is I get to make a bunch of different characters. Mm-hmm. I don't have to commit to just one. I get to, and I have made some fun ones for season two. I am so excited. You've hyped it uh, in like such I a don't delicious hype way. It too much. No, it's not too much. I'm like I want to play again. I miss. Yeah, it. I'm excited it's for us, to get back. It's been to a really long time. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get back to playing with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, Joel runs a really fun game. Uh, that's been scratching my D and D itch, and I love playing with the people that I play with in yeah. that game. Some other friends of ours, um, but I, I want to get back to the team and to our story and, and mm-hmm. keep it moving forward. Yeah. Last thing uh, before we all sat down to do these, you sent out just like a very brief, like here are some things to think about. And mm-hmm. one of the prompts was like, how does your character see the other characters? Yeah. How does Marjorie view the others? And I wrote down like one sentence for each character. Oh, fun. Uh, for Juno, I have partner, kinship, attraction. And then I wrote bad at it. I don't know what that was in reference to. But, oh, I'm bad at picking men. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, we yeah. talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, Stormy, I wrote, my son, I'm so proud of. <laughs> for Zabbis, I wrote, teens will be teens. They will. And for Flack, I wrote, you're a grown man. Stop acting like a teen. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Just a little insight into how Marjorie, just like a simple snippet. That's so great. Might view these guys. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm excited. We've we've now talked to to four of the five of you. I'm excited to talk to James and dive mm-hmm. into Flack because I really don't know. He cast fog cloud around his character, and I'm so excited <laughs> to like get in there. Yeah, I think I I don't know if he really knows. Uh, we're gonna. It's gonna be a, a journey of discovery that episode. I think. Yeah. Which isn't to say like none of us are saying that no, Flack's character no, no, isn't no, no, fleshed no. out. It's just there are delightful things that don't necessarily have meaning yet. Yeah. That are gonna. I'm sure are gonna pay off. I he tasty, did tasty great, things. great, great things, and I don't want to seem like I'm taking away from that at all. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm pumped. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, look out for that, uh, coming out soon. And then season two coming up soon after that, um, be sure to follow us on social media at dndndpod on Twitter and dndndpod on Instagram or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're still looking for wild magic suggestions for Zabbos and magic items that the team can come across. We've gotten some really good magic item suggestions. Mm. I'm really excited to dole those out and get you guys, uh, get you guys to, to see what, uh, the listeners have suggested. And the magic, magic, wild magic uh, suggestions for Chelsea are a lot of fun too. I'm so excited for that to play like a big, a bigger role in season two. Yeah, because yeah. we've discussed like how that's gonna work. We nailed it down. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm really excited for for that moving forward. Um, and uh, check out Beth's shop. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, where we have some some D and D and D merch available now, as well as amazing other art and stuff that oh, is up there. You. Uh, I like picked up my print yesterday just to look at it for a minute. <laughs> like, it's just, I just like it. I love it so much. I love it too. It's uh, one of my favorite pieces I've ever done, to so be honest. Good. It's so, so good. The colors are juicy. They really are. And you can, uh, get one for yourself. Uh, there's a link in the description below. Mm-hmm. Check that out. Anything else you want to plug? Your Twitch? Yep. I'm a Twitch partner now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the last year. So Beth B. Rad on Twitch. You can yes. find me. I stream. I used to stream five days a week. My schedule has been kind of funky recently with like October being nuts. And now the holidays are coming so up. So most weekdays you can find me on there from like one to five Pacific Standard Time. And if I'm not there, nah, no, I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
Great. Uh, cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you, you, Beth. Thanks for sitting oh. down <laughs> doing this. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Well, thanks, everybody. Do what's fun.